Hello to everyone listening and welcome back to part two of our podcast with Director Giles Bezik on the common objections faced by our property consultants. In part one, we covered a range of myths discussing the perceived risks of investing off plan, whether there is still demand in prime city centres for new residential property, which of course there very much is, and why build to rent is a more lucrative investment opportunity than traditional buy to let investments. If these areas are of interest to you, go back and listen to part one if you haven't already. So Giles, let's go straight in with the next objection. Some investors who might not be as familiar with the current market may perceive that now is a risky time to invest before the pandemic is officially over. Some investors have considered waiting months or even a year or so to see how the property market is performing before they invest in any other assets. How would you respond to that and how has the market been performing? Yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting time, hasn't it? And and look, a really challenging time for everybody associated with different kinds of, of industries and, and sectors. And, you know, people have had to show real resilience to, to get through that and, you know, really double down on, on the things that they do that they're good at and focus on on the strengths that they offer. Um, we've worked incredibly hard to look after the, the residents and tenants in our buildings, make sure that the environments and settings that they occupy are safe and secure and, and offer everything that people are looking for during those times. And, you know, unfortunately have to change and adapt some of what we, what we offer and limit the full extent of, of the amenity and service that we can provide, but uh, reassure people along the way and explain what we're doing and why. And now thankfully start to open some of those back up again and, and welcome people back to some of the things that they've previously enjoyed, but had to miss out on. Um, so yeah, an interesting time. I, I think if you look in a sort of a, a whole city context, then again, you know, a lot of headlines out there aren't there about, you know, do people want to commute anymore? Do people want to get in lifts? You know, why will people ever return to the office again? You get uh, certain companies in certain sectors issuing these work from home forever diktats and then saying, no, actually, we've had a rethink on that. So I, th- I think putting aside the headlines, Clearly, the, the anthropology of cities is changing for sure. And, and that's something we talk about a lot, isn't it? You know, if, if you look at co-working and, and co-living even as, as trends that have emerged over, over recent years, you know, that they are both the result of increasing urbanisation generally as, as people move into to city centre locations and environments and working in complex mixed-use buildings that are catering for lots of different needs for lots of different people at the same time and trying to to combat some of the sort of affordability issues that you get when when that increase in demand and and rising population pushes up prices and also try and combat some of the the sort of the social issues that you get I suppose when you get increasing urbanization but I think it's important for people just to sort of take a step back I know that's very a very difficult thing to do because we've really been in the eye of the storm for for a prolonged period now yeah. um, in relation to, to COVID and, and dealing with a pandemic, which is unlike anything most of us have had to deal with in our lives before. But but when you do take a step back, um, I, th- I think it's, it's only been relatively recently, I think 2007 was the point at which a greater proportion of the world's population lived in city centre and urban environments than, than lived in rural environments. 
And, and the UN's prediction is that, that by 2050, two thirds of the world's population will, will live in our towns and cities. So we're talking about mega trends here of, of people moving towards city centre environments precisely because of the lifestyle it offers and the decisions that it affords people to make about the lifestyle that they want to lead. Um, and those megatrends will will pervade and prevail even over something as unique and, and long-lasting as, as a pandemic. But, it, you know, it, it will mean that cities are changing and, and that the population changes and, and maybe there will be some demographic and socioeconomic change. But that's what cities are about anyway. City centre living has always been like that. And, and if you look at a city like London, which some reports suggest, you know, up to 10% of the population of London has, has moved out of the city over the last one to two years. But what happens is you get a sort of a, a correction then and, and it makes the city more, perhaps more affordable to people who hadn't previously considered moving to the city. And, and o- over time, that population restores itself and people continue to gravitate towards city centre uh, living. So we don't see those things changing. And, and I refer back to my comment earlier in the, in the conversation number where I said we completed and opened two buildings during the last 12 to 18 months, and, and they're both full. So, so I think that tells people everything, certainly tells us everything we need to know about continued demand for good quality accommodation that is relevant to people's real needs and desires for their lifestyle and is delivering on those in a way that is relevant to them in locations that are meaningful to them and, and that, that they want to be in. And the other thing I, I just add to that is that you know, pe- people often talk about a period of economic depression being succeeded by a period of economic boom. That's, that, that's happened historically many times in the past and, and people have mooted whether, whether that might happen now for the next two to three years following a pandemic. And, and I, I do think that, that city centres have a role to play in that and, and I can see it happening where we return to this, you know, perhaps what people call a Roman culture where, you know, businesses is done on the streets more and city centres become these sort of lively, thriving destinations for coffee and street food and culture and museums and, and all of the things that people have enjoyed for so long but, but perhaps taken for granted and missed and now that we can have them back again, it will be, bring people back and there will be a resurgence of precisely the kinds of things that make people want to live in city centre environments. Absolutely. And just to add to your comment about that urbanisation trend, wide scale, we just received the latest urban bubble report on Manchester. And just to sort of prove that within Manchester, on the last day of July 2021, there were just 659 properties available to rent in Manchester, which is down 531 compared to just a month earlier and down 76% on this time last year. So it really does show that demand is at an all-time high, as are rent asking prices. So rental prices are at a record high and so is demand. So that really does just show that despite the pandemic, people are still wanting to live in the city, if not more than ever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I wasn't aware that those particular data points, but but yeah, I, th- I think that's really informative and it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, absolutely. And moving on to our last objection, what if I want to exit and sell my property? Is it a lot of hassle? 
Now, this is something that people who have never invested with Select Property Group before often ask us, isn't it? So would you mind just sort of talking us through our in-house brokerage and the exit strategies that we offer at Select? Yeah, sure. So so I think, again, I would refer back to my earlier comments about the nature of off-plan investment, which is that people should consider property investment something that, that is generally lucrative over the over the medium to long term. Um, I think there have been, and look, when, when we started our business selling in, in a lot of emerging markets, very dynamic markets, you know, there were stories of people that bought and sold within three months and made 50% on their money and, and what have you. But I think those days are gone or, you know, that those days are very short lived, certainly when, when markets are hot like that. People should be thinking about property as a medium to long-term investment. Somebody once told me, I remember that property is the ultimate get-rich-slow scheme. Uh, and, and I think that was a good way to, to put it. You know, if you invest in property, generally speaking, you can't go wrong. You'd have to be really unlucky over a medium to long-term term to not have some financial success investing in property. But look, you know, we, we, we don't want people just to get average returns. We want people to get exceptional returns and better than average returns, which is why we promote all the things that we've been talking about over the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, and and generally, generally speaking, people are able to, to achieve those ob- objectives. People really are buying from us initially because they want returns from, from rental income. So, so they want yield, you know, annual growth on their capital deployed, which is what those, why the occupancy level and, and the, the premium rents that we're able to achieve from our buildings are so important. And really the exit comes from having those strong, stable annual returns. If you've owned a property for two, three, five years and it has a proven track record, that construction risk has gone away and people can see that the building is full, people are renting, tenants are renewing their tenancies, and and you can prove the returns that you've been getting, then of course, that creates an opportunity to move your property on if you want to to invest in something else, or or you need the the capital for something else. And what we're finding is is that there's a, a very active secondary market in most of the buildings that we've previously sold since since we started the business, I, I would say, just looking at our, the, the UK property market, probably something like one in 10 of the properties we've sold are sold again to another buyer within the first five years following completion. And as you say, we, we facilitate that ourselves through, through our own brokerage service. So because, because we, we sell all of our own developments exclusively and, and, and then through our own associated companies we operate and manage those developments is is our name on the side of the building people generally associate us with those buildings and and if they want to buy or sell they come to us to do it so so we're able to sort of facilitate a, a kind of a dating agency if you like between buyers and sellers and and we have a sort of tried and tested way of stimulating that market and and helping people move their properties on what i would say though is is that you know people need to be conscious that there are good times and bad times to sell you know if people are are in a hurry to sell or, or under pressure to sell then generally you know that they have less flexibility to make a, a good return because the kind of buyer that they're looking to sell to is is probably going to to look to to capitalize on on that situation whereas you know if people have more flexibility in their business plans to be able to make longer range decisions and and choose the optimum timing to sell then then they can maximise their their returns in that way. 
And we will always sort of offer our insight and, and guidance to people because we're very close to our markets to to help them make those decisions. That's great. Thank you. And it really would offer peace of mind to so many investors because a lot of developers don't have that in-house brokerage and don't have that sort of support when it comes to exit strategy. So Giles, it's been a really valuable conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure, Amber. Good to talk. And hopefully those listening have found that really useful when it comes to some of the objections they might have been thinking about. For everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us on our fourth podcast. If you found it useful and want to stay up to date with the market, subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. (laughs)